leave your your church to be a pastor and come to be part of a church, I, I thought like actually I can just drop the whole thing and be part of Harvard City. I've always, I just love what you, what God is up to here. Um, Grant has been such a good friend to us as a family. I, I can't even, you know, as, as, you know, if you move to an area and you've got new neighbors, the, 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 the best thing to do is to introduce yourself to neighbors. What, what can we do for you? But mostly for churches, we don't do that. When a, a church comes down the road, it's like, oh, okay, who are, who are they? But like, that's not what, the, what Grant did. They, 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 as soon as I came over here, they were like, how can we help you? How can we pray for you? And they've always been there. Him and Michelle, they've just been good friends of ours as a family. And I'm so grateful for them and, and for this church. I can go on. You know, <laughs> I'm black, for those who can't see. And, <laughs> and in a black church, we can go on and on praising the pastor. So I, I won't do that. And um, <laughs> I won't do that. In fact, I'll, I'll go to God's word. Uh, we'll be in Genesis 12 this morning. Um, do I have the time? Actually, I actually need to know that the time because we can be here till three. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me pray and then we'll, we'll get to God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us, this reckless love that comes after us, this initiating love. That, that goes after us. We thank you that you continue to be good to us, you continue to love us. We pray now as we open up your word that what we do not know, may you teach us. What you, we do not have, may you give us. What we are not, may you make us. All for the glory of your Son. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. We're in Genesis 12. We'll look there and then we'll, we'll, we'll also go to other scriptures. But if you have our Bibles open there or we'll have some Bibles, we have uh, some verses on the screen looking at Genesis 12. I don't know much about cars. I just want to confess that, especially as a guy. It's, it's, it's something that some people will look down on you if you don't know not much about cars. I don't know much about cars. But what I know is there's something called wheel alignment uh, that sometimes your car needs it once in a while. You know, you can go for like a year without it, there's a problem. You need wheel alignment now and then. Actually, it's something for those who don't know who are like me, um, it, it helps your, your steering wheel to actually move where it really your car is supposed to be. Sometimes you can leave the steering wheel and your car will move in a different direction. Your wheel alignment is not good. So you really need to sort that out so that it can really go where it needs to go. Now, I'm saying that because as, as Christians and as a church, we have a mission that we have as a church. But now and then, you leave that for a couple of years, or even for a year, a couple of years, you might even forget yourself as a Christian or even as a church, where are we really about? What are we really about? What is the real mission here? And we really need alignment now and then as a church. And my prayer is that this morning, this message will be that to us, individually, but also corporately, to say, are we still on the right track? Are we where we're supposed to be as a church? And, and, and actually, if you're not a Christian here this morning, you'll not call yourself a Christian, I think it's, it's good that you're here, you're welcome here. And I think I want you to look in, maybe you've been asking the same questions, what, what is this all about? You've come out to check this out, what is the church all about? And I think it's a good morning to be here, just for us 
to, to, to look into this. What are we really about as a church? What is this mission? So also for those who are not Christians can really see what this is about. I think Grant said this perfectly to say as a church, they want to have a black belt in making disciples because actually this is all what it's all about. It's about making disciples. We have a commission or a mission that was given by, by Christ saying, go make disciples of all nations, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's actually the umbrella. That's the big, uh, that's the big umbrella of what we're about, is about making disciples. Not even about planting churches. And I'm saying this, I'm going to plant a church. <laughs> but I want to make this clear for us, to say it's not about planting churches, it is about making disciples, and churches are a vehicle for that. Churches are a platform for making disciples. Not the other way around. It's not about the church. It's about making disciples. But the church is a vehicle for that. This is where we can teach. This is where we can baptize as we make disciples. The real thing is about making disciples. And the church is a platform, is a vehicle for that. Actually, a church is actually the people of God on the mission of God. Church is the mission, is the, is the people of God on the mission of God. And therefore, again and again, we need alignment on that. Where are we on that? Now, when you talk about the mission of God and, and, and the mission we've been called in, and that's something we need to be clear on, God is the one who has the mission. The mission is the mission of God, and we get invited into this mission. We get invited individually, but also corporately. And therefore, I want us all to think about this. Where are we in that? Is this vehicle still on the right track or has it moved away and needs alignment? Now for us to actually get to really get into grips with that, we really need to understand the mission of God. What is this mission of God? And therefore, we're going to do sort of a, a Bible overview on the mission of God. A Bible overview on the mission of God. Because I think for us, to understand the mission of God, we need to understand the whole story of God. So we'll do a short overview of, of the Bible with regards to the mission of God. That's why I've called this the Missio Day, which means the mission of God. I'm just trying to be smart. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Latin. I don't speak Latin. But it's, 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 the mission. it's the mission of God. Here's where everything starts. Everything starts in Genesis 1. God creating everything. Everything is good. Everything is perfect. God creates men and women in his image. Everything is good. We see that in Genesis 1, Genesis 2. And then we see Genesis 3, what is, is normally called the fall, where sin enters in into the picture. And it wrecks everything. It affects everything, not just Mankind, but creation in its totality. Everything is affected by sin. This is what we see in Genesis 3. And it goes on, from Genesis 3, it goes down the hill. All the way to even Genesis 11, where we see the sin is now multiplied into nations. And nations and nations are now in rebellion against God and have sinned against God. 
In fact, we see in Genesis 11, this, 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 this tower that people are trying to build in rivalry with God. And God comes down and sort of speaks a curse to them to say, no, I'm going to curse all of this and I will scatter you and you'll be confused in your languages and then after that, everything scatters. People in different places scattered around, nations in different places, confusion around them with regards to their languages, and geography, nations divided, separated from God. That's the backdrop. And there in Genesis 11, the question that's there is, will there be a solution for this? In fact, in Genesis 6, there was a, a lot of sin even at that time. God has to start all over again with Noah. And now it's back to square one. It's actually gone even further with nations. And now another question is, what is God going to do now? What is the solution now? What's God's plan now? Genesis 11 is actually a big question mark. What is going to happen? How will God reach scattered, hostile nations? In Genesis 3, it was just a family. Genesis 6, it was just like people within the nation. Now it's nations scattered all over the place. What is God going to do now? And this is where we see the mission of God starting in Genesis 12. And the big thing that has happened, again, just to sum up what has happened between Genesis 3 and Genesis 11, people, because of sin, have alienated themselves with God. There's this big gap because of sin. And God, because God is the one who goes after people, the mission of God is about the initiative of God. We need to understand that God is the one chasing people down. And another thing that is happening, the response of man because of sin is two things, actually. If we, if we can just boil it down to how do men respond because of their sin with, with regards to God. Two things. One is hiding from God. Two is working their way to God. And actually, we can just really think about ourselves in those two terms. Some of us hide from God. We don't want anything. We don't want God in our lives. We don't want God to be part of anything in our lives. But some of us work our way to God. Even with regards to coming to church, it's like, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get God in my own terms. I'm going to work for this. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to reconcile myself with God. But God has another plan. The mission is different. The mission is different. And this is why we get to this is how we get to Genesis 12. I'm just going to read verse 1 to verse 3. Again, remember the backdrop. The nations have scattered, sinned against God, rebellious against God, are confused are everywhere. How will God solve this? Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a, you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you 
and him who dishonors you I will curse. And you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. This is the plan. God calls a man, Abraham, and he's saying, Abraham, through you, all these nations that have scattered will be blessed. All these nations that have scattered will come back, will be redeemed, will have the blessing of God. Abraham, I will bless you and your family. And from your family, there will be a nation. And from the nation, from that nation, all other nations will be blessed. Is Abraham, is this blessing, is this nation that is going to come from his family, and then all other nations will be drawn back to God? Now the question is, how will this happen? How will this happen? That through Abraham will come a nation, but through this nation will come a Messiah. Through this nation that is coming from Abraham's family will come a Messiah. This is what we see in, 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 in actually Galatians um, 3 verse 14. Galatians 3 verse 14 talks about this. It says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing of Abraham might come to the nations or Gentiles through Jesus Christ. The blessing of Abraham in Genesis 12 will come to the Gentiles or the nations through Jesus the Messiah. In fact, I think Galatians 3 also explains it even better. It says, in the scriptures, foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles, remember the Gentiles, the nations, foreseeing that God will justify the nations or save the nations by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. The gospel comes all the way from Abraham. The good news about the Messiah starts from Abraham. And then, this is how the story will unfold. In fact, the New Testament, when this Messiah comes into the picture, it's all about this Messiah who will bring the nations back to God. The New Testament is about this Messiah who will do this. In fact, the opening of Matthew, of the New Testament, links this Messiah to Abraham to emphasize this point. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. It talks about the genealogy of Jesus. The genealogy of Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham. Matthew wants to be clear about this. This Messiah is the son of David, the son of Abraham. He's coming from that family. That's the Messiah. Even in Mark 1, Mark, as he opens up his gospel, he says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, the Messiah. This is this, the Messiah, that's how he comes into the picture. I love how Luke talks about this. Luke reminds us of this story of, of a man called Simeon. This, this, the, the Bible talks about this man, Simeon, who was a righteous man before God. And this man prayed to God, and, and God actually promised that he will answer his prayer. He said, Lord, I, I don't want to die before I meet this Messiah. And then this Messiah comes, and Simeon gets to the temple, and he gets to hold the baby, Jesus. And he says, Lord, now your servant can depart in peace. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, a light for revelation to Gentiles and the glory to Israel. Lord, I can die. The Messiah is here. The one who will bring the light to the nations and the glory to Israel. He's here. I can die in peace. The Messiah has come. This is how the New Testament starts. The Messiah is here. And therefore, the Lord Jesus, this Messiah, He's the vehicle on how Genesis 12 will be fulfilled. How all nations will be blessed through this Messiah. Now, the mission from Genesis 12, going through Jesus and the church, because probably we're thinking, okay, how are we going to get to us? We're going to get to us, the church. It actually works itself out in three ways, threefold. You have Israel. Remember, it says, from you come a nation. This nation is Israel. And from the, this nation, Jesus. So you have threefold. This mission will carry itself through Israel, through Jesus, and then through the church. This is how the Old Testament, in fact, this is how the whole scripture is about. Israel, Jesus, the church. And in Israel, the mission is actually inward throughout the Old Testament. The, the mission is, is inward. In, in, with Israel, God doesn't tell them, go out there and make disciples of all nations. Go out there and evangelize the other nations. No, no, no. He's saying, just be yourself, be holy. Let people see you as my people. They were to reflect God, but inwardly. inwardly. They're not going out. They're what we see with Israel. They model godliness to the nations so that they may be drawn in. And we see that with Ruth, we see that with Rahab, other nations being drawn in by God's people. But they're not really going out. Although we see it now and then, especially with Jonah, he's actually the prophet who, who is sent out to Nineveh and he's very reluctant, reluctant missionary, because he's not used to that. That's not how God operated before. It's always been about Israel. But I, I, won't, I won't go further. <laughs> I think he will he'll take over from there. But mostly the, the mission was inward with Israel. And then with Jesus, a shift starts to begin. Although even with, with, with Jesus, he's still committed to Israel, but there's, there's a sense that Jesus starts giving the blessing to the Gentiles now and then. Although he's still within Israel. In fact, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, he says this. He says, do not go to the Gentiles. In fact, let me read. I think it's here. The, the 12, these 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. It's still... Israel based. Don't go yet. But you see now and then the centurion man who's a gentle who comes to Jesus and wants help. Jesus can't help it. He helps him. The Samaritan woman. Jesus can't help. He gives a blessing. But he's still within. Then he dies. And he's resurrected. And he's given all authority. And then he lifts up the restraining order. 
He says, now go therefore to all nations and make disciples. I now have authority over everything, over heaven, over earth. Now you go. And this is how the church comes into the picture. This new family comes into the picture. The mission is ready for the nation, the nations. And the vehicle for that is the church. The birth of a new people, the new Israel, the church, that is going to reach the nations. And in Acts chapter 1, we see this. Again, Jesus saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and all the urns of the earth. For you to go on this mission, you need fuel. You need power. For this vehicle to move, it needs fuel, it needs power. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be my witnesses everywhere, all the ends of the earth. The restraining order has been lifted. It's time to go. Not to some. Jesus does not say, some of you will be my witnesses. He's saying, all of those who receive the Holy Spirit will be my witnesses. Meaning everyone who's a Christian. You receive the Holy Spirit, you're a Christian, you will be a witness of Jesus. All who receive the Spirit will be, will be making disciples. And I think it's good for us to understand that. For some of us, we don't even know our role. What, what, what is this all about? No, I, I, have a friend, I have a friend who's really big in conspiracy theories. <laughs> I don't know if you have people like that. And he's always worried about what's going to happen. Oh, you know what? The, 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 the mark is coming. Uh, we're going to be in trouble. They, they're trying to get us. It's, you know, all of those things. And, and he, he says, in fact, he was telling me the story that uh, his, his mother, I don't know whether this is true or not. He's saying his mother works at this company that they have, you know, they, they, they put the, when you, when you go in, they, you clock in and you clock out. And he's saying in, in, in his mom's company, they're actually saying, no, people lose those things and, what, and, and whatever. They don't, now they're just going to put something on them <laughs> so that you, you don't lose this thing. They will just, you know, you just scan or whatever. And he's like, you see, what's going on? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, I don't know about that. I, I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> if, if I was at that, at that, uh, at that company, I probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> mainly for me, mainly because I just don't want my work to know exactly even. Because once they got this, they can track me everywhere. So they're going to be on me wherever I go. And for me, work is just that. It's 9 to 5. I clock in and I clock out. I don't want you to know where I am at 7 eight, at night or whatever. We, you pay me for 9 to 5. That's it. I want to clock in and clock out. But the truth is, for some Christians, for some Christians, they treat the Christian faith as in a clock in and a clock out. They don't want something that's going to be on them. I just want to come, sing the songs, 
hear the word, and go home. I don't want people knowing what's going on. I don't want, I don't want none of that. I've come in. Grant can talk to me while I'm here. And then when I go home, please don't check my Facebook. Please don't. It's, it's got, it, but that's, that's how people approach the Christian faith. We check in, we check out. But the Bible is saying we will be the witnesses of Christ. Wherever we are. And this is actually what it means for us to be a Christian. To be a Christian. And now, in the book of Acts, as this is given, we see the church. God blesses the church. We see the, the gospel being preached. We see churches being planted. We see people being saved. We see the gospel being preached. We see churches being planted. We see people getting saved. Again and again, people getting saved. Disciples being made. Churches being planted. Remember what it's all about. It's about making disciples. The vehicle is the church. Now, I, I grew up in the township. In the township, we would have um, like just a stationary vehicle, an old car just next to the road. And as kids, we would just go into this car and, and pretend like we're driving. You know, this is like an old scrap car and you're just there. You, all the friends are there, come in, and you're the one driving the day. It's me, I'm driving, I'm driving. And you, but I mean, it's a messed up car, it's not going anywhere. But actually, we're there, we're pretending we're driving, we're pretending we're going. Because some churches and some people, let me just say corporately as a church, some churches, their vehicle, as the vehicle of the mission of God, they can be stationary. They're in there, they're pretending they're driving, but they're not going anywhere. It's like that car. It's just standing still. You can have a music stereo there, listen to, oh man, this car... We play good music in this car. Oh, this car is some good aircon, but it's not moving anyway. And my heart and my prayer is that as the church, we will assess that. Are we moving? Or have we just put everything on this car, but it's not going anywhere? And it's something we really need to check ourselves on, realign ourselves. Where are we in the mission of God? God has invited us in this mission. Remember I said the church is the people of God in the mission of God. And our responsibilities as church members or, or people who belong to a church find its place in this mission. And the giftings that God gives us as God's people find its place in this mission. And the work that God gives us, everything, vocation, everything that God gives us, find its place in the mission of God as Christians. All about this mission we've been invited in. What am I doing? It's about making disciples. And we're going to do it in different capacities. Not everyone is going to be up here. Not everyone is going to be planting churches, but it's, the mission is moving with whatever, whatever part that we partaking on. Greeting someone down there. Inviting someone in your house. 
It's all part of this mission. We all get a part to play. We all need to understand. We're all witnesses. And this mission is global. God, remember, it's about the nations. So even as a church, let's not be too inward. Let's actually lift up our eyes as much as what we're doing here. Let's lift up our eyes and look what's happening, what's happening there. How can we partner with what's happening here? Because it's not just about us. The mission is broad. And again, I want us individually to think deeply how have we, are we still in alignment with the mission of God? And I don't mean this in a, in a putting a burden on people. So, oh, now I need to go do something. Now I need to go. No, it's not even about that. God has loved you. For you, if you're a Christian, God has loved you and drawn you into himself. And now has invited you into this mission. To go and make disciples. It's a privilege. We get to do this. It's not a duty. We get to do this. And for those who are saying, you know what, you know what, I'm not about that. In fact, those people you were talking about to check in and check out, to be honest, I'm one of those. I came just for Sunday morning and then I'll go have lunch at home and that's all I want. Or someone who's saying, I don't even know how I'll get the power to do this. How, how, I don't, I don't see myself here. I used to have an uncle who loved gardening. And whenever he visited our house, we knew, oh, here we go. Like, because he, he wanted everyone to be involved. It's not just him. <laughs> so he'll see, oh, this tree is now big. Let's cut it down. I'm like, oh, this is that. Now he's just, we know we, when he's coming, everyone is working, especially in like school holidays. <laughs> But the good thing is, he, he, he did the big parts. So like even with the cutting of the trees, he'll go, he'll be the one cutting everything. He'll, be, he'll do the hard part. And although we were there with my, with my, with my cousins and everything, we, we just, we're just doing, we're just sweeping, we're just, we're just doing the small. But then at the end of the day, when my mom comes, it's like, yeah, look what we've done. But actually, he did the hard part. We just, we just did the small part. Let me encourage you. For those of us who are Christians and for those of us who are thinking, how does this happen? The Lord Jesus has done the hard part. He has defeated sin, death, and the evil one. He has lived the life we could not live. He has died the death that we should have died. He has risen again with all authority in his hand. He has done the hard part and now he invites us to come after him and sweep things before him. We can't change people. We can't save people. That's his work. We get behind him on this mission. And I'm saying that for those who feel this is overwhelming. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, we get all the we we, we get all to, to participate, and the Lord and, and, and God will, will will have us and and we will find joy in, in what we're doing. But at the end of the day, the Lord Jesus has done the hard part. Hebrews 12 talks about he is the pioneer of our faith. The pioneer, that word they're talking about, someone who goes before and paves the way. 
He's the one who paves the way for us and we just walk after him. We could, have not, we could not defeat sin and death and Satan. He's done that. Through the Holy Spirit, He's the one who draws people. We just share the gospel. We just love our neighbors. We just talk about Him. He does the hard part. He's just saying, come through. Let's do this together. Why don't you be part of this? And again, I want to draw those who will say, I'm not a Christian this morning. To say, this is what this Christian faith is about. God initiating to bring lost people to himself. To leave the 99 and go for the one. And probably you here this morning, just to check this thing out. But it would be surprised that God is already at work. already drawn you. It's already working. And he's inviting you to trust him and be part of this mission. And God's love is relentless. God's love pursues us. And my heart for, 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 for myself, for us individually and for us corporately May we think about this. May we realign ourselves. Where are we moving? Have we moved in a different way? May we ask God to realign us to this mission that we've been invited in. That's what this is about. Oh, for the glory of God. This is the story of the scripture. And Revelation 7 talks about we will be there. Nations, every nation, tribe and tongue singing, worthy is the lamb that was slain. And we see there in the future. But as it will happen in the future, right now, it takes small steps, small things that we do that will draw people to God. And my prayer is that we would be partakers in this great mission. Even for our heart, just for, I'm so talking about me and my family, as we go plant, we just want to make disciples. If we could make them down the street, we just want to make disciples, but we know God has given this vehicle of the church, and therefore we want to plant a church, and therefore we want to see more churches planted. We want to partner with more churches being planted, because at the end of the day, it's about making disciples. That's all it's about. And my prayer for Harbour City, I'm leaving to, I'm going to Joburg. I just, I just, <laughs> as I leave, I'm thankful for what God has done here. But, but there's a sense that God wants to do more. If all of us may put our hands to the plow and realign ourselves with the mission of God, there's, there's much more ahead. And I want to pray that God will work in each and every one here to join in. Let's pray. God, our loving Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for this massive, grand plan 
that you've set out from Genesis. That we sit here in 2018, we are recipients of what you spoke to Abraham. You have drawn us. You have saved us. You have loved us. Lord, we pray, may you continue to work in our hearts. May you realign our hearts with what you're doing across the world. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Father, I do pray for this church, Haba City, that you continue to have your hand upon this church, that the Holy Spirit will continue to be a fuel, fueling what's happening in this church. But I pray for my brother Grant and his family, Michelle, and his, his, his family, that, Lord, you will, you will be with them. Keep them faithful to your word. Keep them faithful to the mission of God. The Lord, you will have your spirit upon them. But may you really work in us that we may bring you glory. Help us to look just even outside ourselves to see what you're doing across the world. The Lord, you are calling men and women across the world into this mission. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.